This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Thursday's episode. Once again, I'm recording this the day before because I'm a procrastinator. Okay, today I'm talking about toxic mom culture, but before I get into that, I wanted to tell you guys that I ordered a new computer and I'm very excited. I had a meeting with the guy that does my editing for the podcast. He's a sound engineer, so we were kind of troubleshooting ways that I can get the audio to sound better on the podcast. It's not terrible, but it's not the best. So when I told him the laptop that I use, he was like, yeah, getting a new computer will for sure help with that. Um, also going to be subscribing to a different platform. Lately, I've been recording on Zoom and the audio quality is just not there like it is on other platforms. If you want to know why and get into the specifics of it, it's because Zoom saves the audio as it's coming through the internet. So if you don't have like the absolute best internet connection, it can sound off. But on the podcast platforms um, that you pay for monthly, it records my audio on my end and my guests audio on their end and then it uploads it into the internet world and then I download it so it's technically recording the guest on their end and not recording it through the internet I learned about that last summer or last summer yeah in 2020 as I was thinking of starting a podcast I did all this research on that so Initially, I was using one of those platforms, but they didn't have video capabilities. So I switched over to Zoom and now all these podcast platforms have video. So I'm going to switch back and hopefully that'll help. I also need a new microphone because this one is like a $70 microphone on that I just ordered from Amazon. So anyways, lots of changes happening. Um, Apparently, my podcast is in the top 2% in the world, which is crazy. Like there's almost like 3 million podcasts in the world, I think. Um, Most of them are not, like I don't think they get many downloads. And when you jump from like top 2% to top 1% or top like 0.5%, the downloads are like the difference is major. So Let's say I think my show gets around like over 50,000 downloads per month. But like once you go and that's in the top 2% in the world. But then if you go to like the top 1% or top 0.5%, it's like millions. It's insane. So one day I'll get there. Anywho, my sister is sitting next to me. I don't know if she's going to actually say anything. She's drinking water watching me talk. Um, She was here to do some fertility stuff in Toronto. As you may know, she lives up north and there are no fertility clinics up there, which is wild. So for every single appointment and when you're undergoing fertility stuff, there's so many appointments. They drive three and a half to four hours to downtown Toronto to do the appointment. So she's been here the past few days 
if you saw my post on Instagram, you know that she's going to be helping me with podcast stuff mostly so that I can have more time to create content because right now I'm like a chicken with its head cut off trying to do all the things. So over the past few days when she's been staying at my house, we've been going over that stuff, all the administrative stuff and trying to organize how we're going to be able to work together. So that's been lovely. Um, But yeah, so today's episode is about toxic mom culture. And I started this series on TikTok where, because like, I mean, if you look at my TikTok and you look at the comments, you know that I receive a lot of comments that are very toxic in nature. At first, you get a bit defensive when you read the comment. You're like, what? But then when you think about what the comment actually means and like, like what basically they're saying, it's so toxic. Um, But so many people hold these viewpoints. So I thought I would talk a little bit about it today. So far, I think I've done four toxic mom culture videos. I'm going to do more because people seem to love them. So it's basically me just responding to these comments in a very sarcastic way because that's how I communicate best, I think. Um, So yeah, the first one was with regard to sleep training. Um, I had done this series on, first it was attachment and then it was sleep training because people were like, how can you have a child with a secure attachment and do sleep training when really like the two have nothing to do with each other? I'm actually recording an episode on November 12th with Dr. Tanya Kotler. She specializes in attachment, like family attachment, like the parent-child bond. And I cannot wait to have that conversation with her. And we are going to talk about sleep training and attachment. So stay tuned for that. I can talk about it a little bit because I'm familiar with those areas, but she's like an expert. So that'll be great. Um, But yeah, so I did this TikTok on sleep training and someone commented basically saying like, yeah, sure, do sleep training, but don't pretend or act like you're doing it to help out the baby. You're you're just doing it for yourself. And basically my response was, yeah, you're doing it so that the parents can get proper sleep, especially, I mean, here in Canada, most parents have a leave from work. If you're self-employed, you do not. So like my husband didn't. I had Milo on a Friday. And my husband was back at work on a Monday, on the Monday. So he had the weekend home with us. Um, But yeah, I always think about families that are in the U.S. or countries that don't have like maternity leave or paternity leave. And it blows my mind because I didn't even want visitors for weeks after giving birth. So I don't know how people are expected to have a baby, and then literally head back to work so soon. Some people, I was reading messages from women on Instagram, and it was like, they know people who had to be back at work within six weeks. Like, that to me is unbelievable. So yeah, sometimes people need to go the sleep training route. I do not function very well when I don't have a lot of sleep, But luckily, my husband was able to sleep with the monitor for most nights. So we held off on sleep training till Milo was 11 months old. Um, But then at that point, I, you know, he was going to be starting daycare soon and I was going to have to um, 
actually be productive every day because I was working to finish my PhD. So we went the sleep training route and yeah, it sucked for a few nights, but since then he has slept through the night and been a really good sleeper. Did it damage our attachment? No. Do we get better sleep and function better as a family? Yeah. Okay. So my sister is pregnant and I just asked her if she would do sleep training and she said yes. So here's the thing. I'm trained in attachment. I did like really intensive training. So I'm very biased when it comes to like a child crying and not responding to their needs. Um, I'm aware that, you know, a handful of situations or a few days or whatever it is, it's not going to do anything to the attachment or the parental, the child parent bond. But I was still like, I had a hard time and I recognize that I'm totally biased. So I'm, I was interested to know what my sister would say, because I think unless you're in that situation where you're not getting sleep and you're having to take care of a child the next day and the nights can be so terrible, then I think a lot of people would tend to say like, no, I would never do that. But she said that she would. So that's interesting. So the thing about this comment where she's like, don't pretend it's for the baby. Well, I mean, I've had many people reach out to me, say after sleep training their child, when their child was getting a full night's sleep, they were so much happier. They were, you know, had more energy during the day. They, you know, had less like behavioral issues, which makes sense. Like sleep is important. And if they're up all night and then expected to be up during the day, that can be a lot. So uh, it is somewhat for the kid, I would say. I think they do benefit from having a full night's sleep. But yeah, it is for the parents as well. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, I think the parents having, you know, like good mental health and being well rested and able to properly respond to their child the next day and, you know, be in a good mood, have high energy levels, that indirectly benefits the child. There's no question about that. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. 
use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, the second one that I did was, you know, since Milo started daycare back up um, after quarantine life, people always like shit on me about daycare. And that's, you know, it's all these big topics in parenting people are so divided on. It's like sleep training. Yes, it's the best. No, it's the worst. Like there's no people can't look at the gray area. And daycare is one of those things. It's like, Some people think it's terrible. How could you do that? But then when you are a family where you need to work to survive, their kids are obviously in daycare and they're like, it's great. So I, same thing. Before I was a little bit nervous for Milo to start daycare and then we found an amazing daycare. I love his teachers. I love the owners. Um, And then after he was in daycare for a while, I was like, wow, 
daycare is incredible. He thrives in daycare. I thrive with him in daycare. I'm able to do, at first it was out of necessity because I was, I had to finish my PhD. But then once I was finished, I finished my PhD days before quarantine. And then Milo was home with me and my husband and I were like, you know, okay, what are we going to do? And then we were both like daycare is the best thing ever. And he does so well in daycare. We call it school because it literally is. Um, Like I felt bad when Milo was home with me during quarantine because I cannot replace 10 other kids his age. I also think there's huge benefits to him having a close relationship with other adults that are not his parents being able to take instruction from other adults that are not his parents and the activities, the playing outside, like I cannot recreate that at home, like impossible. And then the comment specifically on TikTok was, oh, you're going to let daycare teachers raise your child. And it's like, okay, that's a little dramatic. Um, All kids, for the most part, start school when they're four years old. So do people have that thought about teachers in junior kindergarten, senior kindergarten? Like, oh, the teachers are just going to raise your child? Like, unless you're homeschooling your child, I don't see how you can say that. Because school and that structure is a major part of everybody's life growing up, unless you're homeschooled. I don't know that many people that were homeschooled, but if you are, cool, but... Anyways, I just don't think that's a valid argument for having your child in daycare. And I always say a good daycare is an opportunity. It is not a necessity. That's So that's my thoughts on that. Okay, the next one was, oh yes. I forget what the TikTok, the original TikTok was that they had commented on, but somebody commented something like, oh, you have one kid and they're in daycare during the week. You must have such a hard life. And I hate comments like that. And especially when it comes to mental health things, I feel like people always say things like that. Like, oh, but, you know, on paper, you have all these things that appear to be amazing. Like you have a good relationship with your husband. You have um, a good job, whatever it might be. And it's like, well... Mental health does not discriminate and, you know, someone, no matter what their life looks like on the outside, you don't know what they're going through in their day to day. And the same is like, I find it's the same for parenting. Like parenting is so unbelievably hard and it's strange because we all know that it's hard. Like if you have kids, you should know this and have empathy for someone else who is having a hard time with whatever it might be, like sleep or feeding their child, whatever. But I find like in mom culture, there is such a lack of empathy. And instead of looking at someone and being like, oh, like they're having a hard time with whatever it might be, it's like instant evaluation. Like, how am I better than this mom? And like, how can I like one up her in something? And so it's kind of somebody commented on my my reel and my TikTok about when I responded to that comment and they were like, yeah, they called it something like the struggle Olympics where it's like who has it the absolute worst and that's the only person that can, you know, say that they're struggling or having an issue. 
I also find in parenting, for example, let's say I'm having a difficult time at bedtime with Milo and he's like crying and inconsolable. I might react to that differently than somebody else. So that situation for me can be a major stressor, and it is, compared to somebody else. Somebody else might be really great at dealing with that situation. So like you can't compare the two. Like on the outside, oh yeah, but my toddler has tantrums all the time and I'm fine. So what are you complaining about? And it's like, well, maybe I respond differently in that situation. And I already have heightened anxiety around certain things like my child crying or throwing a tantrum. So yeah, it affects me more than it's going to affect you. And I find in motherhood, it's always like, oh, like I dealt with that and I was fine. So get over it. Oh my God. Especially when it comes to like child childbirth. I think it's like an older generation thing. I feel like Older people are like, okay, you gave birth, like big whoop, because they didn't really have support and they did everything on their own. And it's like, just because you did it that way doesn't make it right and doesn't mean that people aren't having a hard time. I hate that mentality. Like, oh, because I remember I did a TikTok about like how hard postpartum recovery is or something. And someone was like, oh my God, you just gave birth. Like, relax. And I was like, oh, like if you were here, I would punch you in the throat. But I'm sure when they, and it was a woman too, who had kids. And I'm like, I'm sure when you gave birth, you were by yourself, you didn't have support. And so now you have this like mentality of, okay, big whoop, like you just gave birth. So my whole thing with parenting and like motherhood, it's freaking hard and people are allowed to complain. The worst is when you make how like my defense mechanism of choice is humor. So I make a lot of TikToks that are funny, but like deep down, it's like I find this difficult, but I'm going to make a joke about it on TikTok because then it makes it easier for me. I don't know. Anyways, it's a defense mechanism and humor is a very high functioning defense mechanism. But I hate when you do something like that and then people are like oh my god like relax like you have one kid and it's it's like I'm allowed to complain everybody's allowed to complain because it's hard yeah so the next topic was I made this TikTok where it's pretty popular TikTok actually it kind of blew up um I was saying oh my god I miss my child so much and then somebody else is saying oh are you gonna pick them up early from daycare and I'm like what (laughs) like no And someone made the comment like, that's terrible. You should want to spend your free time with your child. And I hate this comment because no, like we're allowed to have free time. We're allowed to have interests outside of our children. And that kind of is this narrative of if you have any free time, you should be running to school, picking up your child and spending it with them. And I just think that that is toxic because, yeah, even if I do have spare time where I'm not necessarily working or doing something productive, I'm allowed to, you know, take that last hour and if I want to lay and watch Real Housewives, I will do that. So I just don't like the idea that you should be wanting and going out of your way 
to spend as much time with your child as possible. Like everybody needs alone time. I think it's important to have hobbies and interests outside of your family, like your your immediate family, and to maintain relationships with friends. And all of this stuff takes time. There were some people that wrote comments on that TikTok saying like, haha, that's hilarious because I um, I got off work early today and I'm just laying on the couch watching TikToks right now, <laughs> not picking up my kids early from daycare. Some people work a full-time job and if they have a day off, they don't keep their kids home, which like, yeah, of course, take the day, get some things done or don't. If you feel like you need to just lay and relax and chill, then do that. Again, it's like all of these things, I think, affect someone's mental health, like having that alone time, having interests outside of their family, having time to spend with friends or other family members, freaking go do some yoga, get on the Peloton. Um, Yeah, so that was a toxic comment that I was able to respond to in a very sarcastic way, obviously. Um, And I think most people agree with me on that one. But I just hate that narrative because that is why so many of us, when we do take that time, feel guilty. And you know how I feel about mom guilt. It's like, it's not rational. And you can tell yourself like, no, I deserve this time. I'm going to like lay and watch my show and relax and I'll go get him you know, when I usually do. But when you have guilt and you're like questioning yourself and whether, you know, you're doing the right thing, then it sucks the enjoyment out of having that alone time in the first place, which drives me nuts. That's the one thing I hate the most about mom guilt is that it sucks the enjoyment out of situations that should be enjoyable. So if you find yourself in that situation, here, here is my, like, I'm giving you permission to just enjoy yourself. Put on some Real Housewives and you can pick up your child when you usually pick them up. Or take a day off work and send your child to daycare. Okay, that is it for today's episode. I just, like, went on a rampage. I don't even know what I talked about, but hopefully it made sense. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, hopefully in the next few episodes, the sound quality is going to blow your damn minds. Um, actually, maybe not for a little while because my computer doesn't come in till December. All of Apple's products are way in back order. So maybe in the new year, I'll have some kick-ass audio. I might even change up the intro um, and make some changes there, but we'll see. So yeah, thanks for listening. If you don't already, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Renee Rena with the little underscore thingamabob. The podcast has a beautiful Instagram account at the mom room podcast. You can check out merch at the momroomshop.com. I am making new designs as we speak kind of, and hopefully in the next couple days they will be up and ready for purchase. There's going to be some holiday designs, so you can look forward to that. And Schitt's Creek designs, because just because the quotes from Schitt's Creek are phenomenal. Um, Oh yeah, and Home Alone. Also, if you're one of the people that didn't think, is this toothbrush recommended by the American Dental Association? 
If you don't think that's funny, I can't help you. Go and watch Home Alone and then come back and tell me that's not funny to put on a t-shirt. I'm going to make that t-shirt anyways and I'm going to buy it and I'm going to wear it. So um, yeah, have a great weekend and I hope everybody sleeps tonight and well, that's it. Just sleeps.